Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Isaiah this morning, back to chapter 9. I'm going to conclude the message we began last week about a name for every need. Truly, Jesus Christ is the one who can meet every need in your heart and in your life. When we look at the scripture this morning, we recognize that he really is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our everlasting Father, our wonderful Counselor. He's a mighty God as well. Amen? And we're thankful for all that he does for us. Maybe you heard the story about the little boy who got a set of drums from Christmas from his uncle. A couple days later, his uncle said, so how are you enjoying those drums? Are you learning to play them? The little boy said, oh, it's the greatest gift I've ever got in my life. Thank you so much. He said, you really like them, huh? You're really playing them? The little boy said, oh, no, I don't play them. Mama gives me a dollar every day not to play them. Daddy gives me $5 a week not to play them. Greatest gift I ever had. Nothing better than green, is there, for gifts for Christmas? Amen. Sure beats soap and a rope, amen? That's for sure. You know, every week we post sermon highlights on social media, and it was really interesting to me this week because I spent a lot of time looking at the comments thinking, my goodness, we must have kicked the devil in the teeth last week because it stirred up a real murder hornet's nest, you know? I mean, it was unbelievable the number of people that wanted to put their crazy theology on our sermon highlight. But you know what? I don't mind. I have a delete button and I have a ban button and I use them very, very well. So we'll see what happens after this week as we continue this particular message. Next Sunday, just so you know, we're beginning a new series of messages that will go through the entirety of January entitled, I Love My Church. I love my church because it reclaims the promises of God. I love my church because it reclaims the power of God. I love my church because it reclaims the people of God. I love my church because it reclaims the gifts of God and the, the power of the Holy Spirit. So you want to be a part of that series and be a part of all that God is going to do in 2021. And I know all of us are thankful that 2020 is almost coming to a close. Amen. And you know, it's interesting. They said to us a few months ago, once we have a vaccine, there will be no more worries. And now they're saying, did you see it this week? Even if you've been vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask. Come on, what's up with this stuff? Something just doesn't add up, does it? Something's not quite right. Isaiah chapter 9 is the original birth announcement for Jesus Christ, the Christ child, the Son of God, who came in the midst of grief and gloom. I said it last week, let me say it again today. It's in the middle of your mess that he shines the brightest. It's when your need is the greatest that you find out how great God really is. Look at verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father, we just pray that you bless the preaching of your word this morning. Open our hearts, open our minds that we can hear and receive. And through your Holy Spirit, let change occur in each and every one of us today. When I read that scripture and we've talked about this, we recognize that a child was born, but a son was given. We understand that this speaks to both the humanity and the divinity of God. 
It speaks to the fact that he is fully God and he is fully man. We've talked about it, but it's worth saying again. There are 351 prophecies in the Old Testament that refer to Jesus Christ and that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Those prophecies were written over a span of a thousand years by 30 different authors. Now think about that for just a moment. A thousand years, 351 prophecies by 30 different writers, and they were all fulfilled in one person whose name is Jesus Christ. How can that be anything but God? How can that be anything but the Father orchestrating life so that the Son is shown and our Savior is introduced to the world? Remind you again, the Son wasn't born. The Son eternally existed. The child was born, but the Son was given. And Isaiah said his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. And we all need a Wonderful Counselor. Life is filled with decisions. Life is filled with dilemmas. Life is filled with discoveries, things that we've got to figure out. We've got to wrap our heads, our minds, our spirits around and figure out how to walk through them. I don't know if you're like some, Christmas really isn't a very happy time of the year because it reminds you of loss. It brings hurt. It brings pain. It brings into your life a, a wish for something greater, something more with family and with friends. In those times, it's always good to remind ourselves, he is my wonderful counselor. He has the word for me, the way for me. He has the wisdom that I need at that moment, at that time. He has the healing that I need that will touch my spirit and touch my heart and touch my mind and enable me to walk through difficult times and difficult days because he is wonderful counselor. Second, Isaiah said that he is the mighty God. I talked to you last week about this and it actually can be interpreted hero God. We talk about Marvel, we talk about Superman and Batman and all these other fictional characters. Well, I've come to tell you this morning, the God I'm describing to you is not fictional, he is real. You need to step out of the world of fantasy and step into the world of reality and begin to worship and serve and get to know a God who is mighty, who does all things and who does them well. He is strong, he is a powerful, valiant warrior. He is my God hero. And then this morning we turn to number three and Isaiah said, his name is Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. You know, when I was growing up, I always knew God was real. I always knew God was powerful, but he always seemed very, very distant. Even though my folks drug me to church every time the doors were open, and I hated it, I've got to be honest with you. I rebelled at a very early age. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was a rebel literally without a cause. But it didn't matter what I thought. I was a kid. And my dad told me often, if you're going to live under my roof, eat my food, breathe my air, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Come on, parents. It's time to be parents again. Amen? Doesn't matter if that loudmouth brat doesn't want to come to church. Grab him by the nap of the neck and bring him. Because what you're putting into their hearts at that point in time will bear fruit at some future point in time. God has a way of using those things to bring them back, to bring them around and seeing good things happen. Really, when I was a kid, I saw God as big, as mighty and mad at me. And probably for good reason, because of the way I behave. Can you say amen? But in Jesus, God came near.
In Jesus, God became real. In Jesus, God became man just like you and I that we could see and feel and touch and hear and understand and identify with. And literally the name Everlasting Father means that he is a forever God. There is no beginning and there is no end. He is everlasting throughout all of eternity. Isaiah 57, 15 says this. Thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place. And also with him who is of a contrite and a lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. He lives forever and he is forever our father. And because he is our father, he forever loves and cares for us. He forever shows mercy and compassion to us. We see Christ as holy, but he's also human. We see him as God, but he's also man. When Jesus Christ was born in that manger in Bethlehem, I'm going to borrow a word from little Christopher right back there. When baby God came around, he changed the world. He changed your life. He changed my life when baby God came into the world. So not only was he a child, not only was he a son, but the Bible says he is an everlasting father, eternally a father to us. Now, some in this audience today, some listening, some watching online, some that will watch or listen in the days of the weeks ahead, you have a problem with identifying God as a father. Because your only image of a father is not a good one. Your dad wasn't a good dad. Your dad wasn't a kind or a loving dad. You have no way to really relate to God as a good father. Well, let me give you some insight this morning. The God we serve, this everlasting Father, whose name is Jesus, is kind. He is compassionate. He will never abandon you. He will never abuse you. He will never fail you. He will never stop loving you. He will never in any way, shape, or form reject you. You see, this Father is a loving Father. He's faithful. He's true. He's just. He's merciful. He doesn't give you what you deserve. He gives you what he wants you to have through the grace of Jesus Christ, which is an amazing thing. When he looks at our failures, he finds a way and an avenue to bring us to forgiveness rather than writing us off. He's a wonderful father. You and I should understand that. He doesn't look at our human weaknesses. Matter of fact, the scripture says God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. You know what that tells me? It tells me that God is looking at what he created in you, what he placed within you at your birth, what he made you to be. He's not seeing the warts, the wrinkles, the failures and the faults. He's seeing what you will be under his grace, by his mercy, through his Holy Spirit working in your life. The Holy Spirit in the Father sees the finished work, not the work in progress. That's good news to me because I'm still a work in progress. I still have a lot of issues. I fail more than I want to admit. But I serve a father who doesn't turn me away. That's why Jesus told the parable, the story of the prodigal son. The son who grew up in the lap of luxury but wanted more. The son who had everything but wanted more. So he took his hair and he departed and he lived an unbelievable life. He was party central in that day and that time. 
But when all the money was gone, he found himself living in the hog pen, eating what the hogs eat. And the Bible says he came to his senses. Someone needs to hear me this morning. Either you're in this room, you're online. It's time for you to come to your senses. It's time for you to recognize God doesn't want you in that place where you're at right now. He doesn't want you in that pit. He doesn't want you living the life of the pigs. He wants you to come home. He wants you to return. He wants to clean you up. He wants to throw his arms open wide and welcome you. He wants to give you new clothes and put a ring on your finger and call you his son or his daughter. He's not waiting to judge you. He's waiting to forgive you. He's waiting to receive you. He's waiting to show you he really is your father. And that's the picture Jesus drew for us in the story of the prodigal son. When the son came to his senses, the Bible says that his father saw him coming from a long way off. And he said to his servants, kill the fatted calf, bring me a clean robe, bring the ring. And he opened his arms wide and he welcomed him back into the family. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God's not sitting there waiting to beat you over the head because you've been so bad. He's saying, why don't you just come home? Why don't you just come back? Why don't you let me put my arms around you and love you like you've never been loved before? He's not there to reject you. He's there to be a father to you and to show you his love, his mercy, his grace in every way. Psalm 103, 13, the Bible says it this way. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You see, you've got to get beyond the stable. You've got to get beyond baby God. And you've got to see him as that everlasting father. You've got to see him as the God who loves you, who cares for you, who longs to welcome you into his arms and into his presence. Isaiah 40, 11, Isaiah wrote, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. How did Jesus say it? He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The Bible says it's the way of the transgressor that is hard, but the way of following God is easy and the burden is light. Stop resisting him. Stop pushing away. Stop saying, I can't go back. Stop saying he doesn't want me. Stop judging your everlasting father by the church people you've seen. And recognize he wants nothing more than to open his arms to you, to love you, to receive you, to welcome you, to forgive you, to cleanse you. And to give you a better life at this very moment. So the question is, have you put your trust in an everlasting father? Have you said, Lord, I choose to follow you. I make you my father. Because I know your desires for me. Your plans for me. How did Jeremiah say it? Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, my plans for you are hope, peace, and prosperity. I'm going to give you hope and a future. I don't know about you, but you try to find somebody who has better plans for you than your everlasting father. You'll not find it anywhere. More than anything, he wants to give you hope and a future. Number four, Isaiah said, he is the prince of peace. He is peaceful. This phrase can literally be translated from the Hebrew, the prince coming who brings peace. The prince who's coming brings peace. A prince in Bible times was actually the general of the army. He was leading the warriors into battle. 
It was also a term that spoke of leadership and authority. And that title reverberated down through the ages and the centuries. It echoed through the hallways of heaven. And it finally culminated when the angel shouted in Luke chapter 2 verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In the Old Testament, the word for peace we know is shalom. And we understand that that word speaks of a state of wholeness, both exteriorly and interiorly. It speaks of a wish for outward peace, free from disturbance, as well as an inward peace that passes all human understanding. Remember who Isaiah was writing to in Isaiah chapter 9? The two northern nations of, of Israel. They were on the far north of Galilee. And they were the first ones to be invaded. They were constantly harassed by enemies. And he's saying to them, this coming Jesus will be your prince of peace. He will usher peace in with him. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, God gave these words to Moses. And he said, speak these words over my people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of days when I need peace. There's a lot of days when circumstances and challenges trouble my spirit, make me wonder and also sometimes worry. And in those situations, we need the peace of God. We need the Prince of Peace to step into our lives and do a work within each one of us. In 1965, Charles Schultz wrote the Christmas play, Charlie Brown Christmas. Y'all know that, right? Familiar with the Peanuts cartoon. Some of us are anyway. Maybe London isn't. She may be too young. You never know. But most of us that have been around the block once or twice are familiar with that particular cartoon and that particular Christmas program. It's interesting that for 54 years that aired on national TV through one of the major broadcasts until this year. And then the major networks decided that, no, COVID is coming. We can't air this Christmas special anymore. Do you understand the Charlie Brown Christmas program is simply the story of Jesus Christ? Isn't it interesting that in this, quote, pandemic, the focus of the world and the attack that's been launched is against the church and the message of Jesus Christ. Folks, that's why we stand against it. That's why we say we will not, we will not bow, we will not bend to authorities who are not following the word and the way of God. Don't try to shut, shut the church down. I'm so thankful our governor said months ago, the church is an essential business. Amen? I'm thankful for that. So this year, for the first year in 55 years, the Charlie Brown Christmas story did not air on a major network on national TV. It was given to PBS. You could live stream it and pay for it, but you didn't see it on ABC, CBS, or NBC. It just wasn't aired. It's amazing to me, though, that with all the technology, with all the advances that have happened since 1965, this is still one of the most popular stories people want to see, hear, and understand. And if you know the characters, you know that... Linus always had a blanket with him, right? All the other characters tried forever to talk him out of it. They would criticize him. They would condemn him. They'd make fun of him. Get him to get rid of that blanket and he refused to do it. But there is a moment in the Charlie Brown Christmas story. When Charlie Brown says, what does Christmas really mean? 
And then Linus steps into the spotlight to tell the Christmas story. Play that video, would you please? I want you to watch when the blanket drops. Who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. I want you to look at that and listen one more time. Did you see when he dropped that blanket? It's when he made the statement and quoted the scripture, Fear not, the blanket fell. That's an interesting thing that so many have overlooked. I'm convinced it was written into the script intentionally to let us know that when Jesus came, he came to remove our fears. He came to remove our frustrations. He came to remove us from those habits that have held us for so long that we ourselves are unwilling to break. The birth of Jesus allows us simply to drop that false security that we have been holding on to so tightly for so long and embrace the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Musicians, would you return? 2020 has been a bit of a frightening place for many, many people. And most find themselves trying to grasp something that is temporary to find security. They look in every direction. Our government's going to help us. The vaccine will save us. I've got news for you. Only peace can be found in Jesus Christ. You're not going to find it in the government. The government, I'm going to say it, really in there to help you. They're there to manipulate you, control you, and to take your money. Amen. Well, I'll shout it myself. Amen. If you're depending on the government, you're looking the wrong direction. Because your answer, your source, your hope, your supply, your peace only comes from above. And his name is Jesus Christ. 2020 has been very difficult for many to fear not. To drop the security blanket. But in the midst of insecurity. In the midst of fear, a cartoon from 1965 shows very clearly the answer is fear not. Because the Prince of Peace has arrived. Jesus is here. The New Testament tells us about three types of peace that God offers to us. First, it's peace with God. And that's a vertical dimension. When our sins are forgiven and we're walking in relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. Second is the peace of God. And that's what takes place internally. It's what Jesus has promised to give to us. Peace that the world cannot understand. Peace that transcends every circumstance, every problem, every challenge. Peace that never leaves us. And the third piece is peace with others. And that's peace horizontally. It tells me we don't have to be fighting all the time with those around us. When the peacemaker invades our heart, when the Prince of Peace takes the throne of our lives, he enables us to make peace with those around us. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, For he himself, speaking of Jesus, for he himself is our peace.
Are you out of sorts with God? The answer is the Prince of Peace. Make your heart right with him. Ask him to forgive you, to come into your life and change you, and he will fill you with his peace. Are you shaken up on the inside? Then reach out to him, and the Prince of Peace will invade your life. Are you out of sorts with those around you? Then become the peacemaker. And allow Jesus to bring peace into your heart that brings calm from the chaos in your life and peace into those horizontal relationships. The question is, do you know him as the Prince of Peace? In just a moment, I think you're going to get on your feet and you're going to be worshiping Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. There are over a hundred names in the Bible for Jesus. He really does have a name for every need. And no matter where you are, what you're going through, he's your answer. He's what you need. I want you to play this last video by Dr. Lockridge. And I want you to hear it. Hold the music for now. I want you to hear this. Who Jesus is. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in That's philosophy. Yes. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. Yes, I wonder yes. if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for oh, the somebody and the pride. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He That's heals right. the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him. For yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. 
today. That's my king. That's Jesus. That's the babe born in a manger. The son of God. The son of man. His name is Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. His name is Wonderful. Come on, sing it out. Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about His name. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7.00 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.